Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Uh, she texted me this morning saying that uh, she was going to be all busy this week, yeah, yeah, so yeah. she wasn't going to get no time. But we were planning on having you on anyway. Yeah. But yeah. So appreciate that, man. Um. So what all you you got going on, like as far as with the? Uh well, you know, I am recently retired, even though I don't get any retirement. But uh, yeah, man, I um. You know, the reason we came up here was because, you know, my wife got a uh, job offer and uh, it was uh, obviously it was more money, which um, side note is the third raise or third promotion that my wife then got in the last six months. No, turn up. Yeah. So, you know, she's kind of <laughs> on a meteoric rise. So shout out to T-Mobile for that. and. Uh, you know, just at, at my job, you know, I just had kind of, you know, hit a, hit a Plateau. point where I like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I want to try something different. I've been saying, you know, I wanted to try the whole, you know, uh, online thing. You know, I, I know a bunch of guys, this is weird to say, a bunch of the younger kids are, uh, you know, making moves and making money off of it. So. You know, I wanted to try my hand in it, and I'm literally starting from ground from ground zero. Like I don't know nothing. I'm learning new stuff every day, and uh, I can remember back when I was like 18, 17, and you know, my uncle was asking me how to download music, and I was like, "Oh man, you so behind. You gotta learn how to do this." <laughs> and now I'm just mm-hmm. now learning how to really use Instagram. That that's really. Sometimes, like I was thinking the other day, like after I was seeing some of your, you know, some of your videos on IG, and I was like, man, if we had just used this when we were in high school, just running around when we have nothing but time, yeah, like ten years later, we could be looking back as fucking millionaires. Oh my gosh, you know, I was looking back at that, you know, uh, because I've been watching YouTube for years, and you know. Everybody has, you know, like there's certain YouTubers who they like to follow and in every niche or whatever, yeah. there's like five to 10 people who are just, you know, making a killing doing something. And there's a good chance they're probably no older than 30 years old, if not a teenager. So I, um, I was thinking back, you know, when I was uh, living in California, I wholeheartedly, I could have made a whole series about that. And I was like, man, I wish I would have just had the the foresight because that's when YouTube was, was really yeah, first coming ground out. Level. And they were just pouring ad money in around 2008. Yeah. Between 2008 to around 2012 or so. 
man, people are making millions of dollars for stupidity. Yes. Getting drunk on camera. <laughs> 50 million people are watching. Early YouTube was so, was like, it was kind of like a, uh, what's the best way? It was like a, the biggest social experiment in the world. It's like if we gave people enough bandwidth to put whatever they wanted on the fucking wor- in the fucking world, what would they do? Yeah. And like, I remember the first like viral thing we saw, this was like our senior year in high school. We graduated 07 for everybody's listening. Was the OK Go video where yeah. they were on the, uh, the treadmills. Yeah, uh-huh. So what? That video was on, that was a YouTube video? It blew up off YouTube, yeah. Wow, because I remember that video literally, it was a lineup every morning before we went to school. Yes. Uh, that video would be a ludicrous video, and it was one more. They came the in the same order. Cupid Shoko. The take a look uh-huh. at my girlfriend. Show list, show list, And, like, yeah, because they had an earlier video that was on YouTube where they did it, and then they did the re they redid it with the uh, I guess the bigger budget one. Yeah, and that's how it blew up. But uh, yeah, and then like my fresh my sophomore year is when I started blogging. If I had just had a little bit, like used the money instead of buying Jordans to yeah. buy equipment. Yeah, I could have made so much fucking money. But you know what, Juice Man, I I look back at it, and oh, this was something I was uh, talking to my wife about the other day. Yeah, you know, it would have been a lot of money on the front end if you would have started, you know, as a young age. Where, where at least I'm gonna speak for myself. If I would have started on the front end, and you know, if you get people to uh you know, watch your stuff. Obviously, it would have been a lot of money. But the other thing I didn't notice, um, there's a lot of people who got in on the front end but faded out really quick. Yes. So, you know, I hope they did good with their money. But, you know, they 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 didn't, their audience didn't grow with them. Right. So, for me, uh, most of my friends uh, back in Mississippi are literally like, uh, 10 to 20 years older than me so you know that's um kind of the audience that i'm looking at the 30 and up crowd which you can grow with that audience because that's a mature audience they've already you know figured well for the most part kind of figured life out yeah and you know so if they latch on to something then they'll keep going with you if they support you you know they'll go as far as you want to go Right, and we're all getting older too, and we're all yeah, growing. So, so um, yeah, you you can talk about stuff that's more relatable than that, as opposed to you know you getting in with everybody when they're eighteen, but then when people have kids and get married and stuff, they're not into that same stuff that you're talking about then, that you're talking about when you're eighteen. And if you can't transition, man, it's not gonna it's not gonna go over well. Right, like sometimes I'll think that. Um, Sometimes we need younger voices on here. Yeah. Because we're both <clears throat> post, like, college, we're early 30s. Like, we really don't have a finger <laughs> on the pulse of uh, young, of Generation Z. Yeah. But 
And How long? Is that what they call this generation now? Like your kids and a little bit older. Yeah. Those are Generation, generation Z. Generation Z. Wow. And, and there's also another generation I can't remember. Oh, the generation uh, of mumble rappers. That's, that's yeah. the generation uh, after us. Generation SoundCloud rapper. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was have the only. I I'm so tired of hearing stuff like that. It's about to fade out. You can already tell the right yeah. wall. Like uh, on Takeoff's album, like when he was on Breakfast Club talking, he was kind of hitting towards that about how that's, that sound is about to fade. And you know what? I want to give a, a shout out to, to the Migos because a lot of people really did try and steal a style. Yes. Like a, a lot of people, um, you know, about the guys in Atlanta, they really do set trends. Like, you know, it might be one guy who come out like Future came out. He got his own style. But then a gang of people came behind him trying to sound like Future to the point to where what was the guy named who sung Panda Designer. literally sounded just like Future. Yeah. And then Amigos came out and then people trying to uh, do they do they flow. And, dude, I was like, man, you know, just it, it kind of, it, to me, you know, even though they're able to make, uh, make, make money off of it, I think it's kind of, it still kind of takes away because so many people try and take their style to where you can't really just appreciate them fully. Yeah, because you get lost. It's almost like yeah. you get lost in the sauce pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like. All the rappers now have gotten their stuff from Migos, Future, Gucci, Lil Wayne, um, mm-hmm. Kanye, Kid Cudi, which I've combined them together because they're one and the same. Yeah. And then that's about it. A whole generation of rappers is influenced by those people. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I'm kind of interested to see what happens moving forward. Who are these next generation of rappers going to be influenced by? Because I don't know if I don't know if it's too many artists right now that are making original stuff that's gonna last. Well, you know what? Let me say this. So, you know, again, I I can't speak for like the white audience that's listening, but I can speak in terms of, you know, a young black man. I know a lot of guys in our age range and maybe this is true for you in your case. I know a lot of black guys in our age range who are, you know, who didn't grow up, you know, with their dad or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, the typical uh, black guy story. Yeah. And they grew up and even guys who like that I know, because I know a lot of guys who did, you know, five to 10 plus years in the penitentiary and just got out maybe two years ago. I know at least seven guys who did that. And they all got out, or people who didn't go, and they have kids, and they're actually raising their kids. Even though they're, some of them might not be married to the child's mother, they're actively in the life. But majority of them are with the uh, child's mom who, you know, they, they got married or they're on the path to getting married, mm-hmm. and they're trying to change it. And it might not be like a perfect example, but it is a great example to you know change the narrative as opposed to when we were growing up yeah and i i can see that too so possibly like uh 
like Jay's four 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 album or uh T.I.'s last album that just came out. Yeah. Where it's like grown man shit. Yeah. I think that may end up uh doing a good job and in influencing another generation. Mm-hmm. But I just I just wanna see how it where it goes from there because there is we have arrested development in hip hop at times where we're stuck on being young and we don't want to grow older with yeah. grace. Yeah. I think that's a that's an American thing, like as yeah. a whole. But also, it's a it's very. I guess since hip hop is the most American music ever, it's yeah. gonna have that American problem. Hey, look how how do you feel about when uh Offset was doing his interview and he said, you know. He would, you know, I think he said something along the lines, you know, he was speaking for himself, but he said, you know, he gave, you know, the Migos gave props to older rappers who came before them. You know, they tried to reach out and all that, but a lot of the people, not all, but a lot of them who were in the game before them, you know, kind of uh, looked down upon them and said, you know, your style ain't going to last and all that, and, you know, a couple albums later, and they're still hot. And he said, okay, well, basically, you know, fuck y'all, you know, because hip-hop wasn't the number one genre when y'all was around, but now that we around, it's became number one. And Migos, I'm not saying they're the biggest part of it, but they are part of the reason why. Yeah, Migos, Migos' legacy is going to look crazy because yep. somebody made this uh, point that the way that Migos interacts with their fans and how uh broad of a fan base they have they're almost essentially a boy band and i'm not saying that to demean their music but i've never heard at that point but that is true yeah that is really true and then just the way they get down and like each one has their own different style and they have all like they're they're a prototypical boy band yeah and what I like about them is they're not like jealous of each other. We haven't seen that because usually by this time, because you know it don't feel like they've been out there long, but they've been out for a while. Yeah. And usually around this time, when you're approaching that ten year mark, some people usually probably don't even make it that long. But like, you know, you're reaching this point and you start to see a real. Yeah, I think that's why it's healthy for them to all have solo projects. And doing yeah, things on uh-huh. the side and then coming back together to be Migos. Like everybody yeah. at first was acting like Quavo was gonna be the the quote unquote Beyonce of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in a strange twist, it seems that takeoff actually might be. See, and that's like you said, they they have their own like style or whatever. Like takeoff, you know, he does like stuff with, with the NBA and all that. He does a lot of commercials by himself. But then you have offset and he's married to maybe the biggest female uh rapper ever yeah yeah her crossover appeal is higher than even nikki yeah yeah it really is like she's like america's sweetheart and i even heard that you know takeoff he's a quiet one but i also heard that you know he writes a lot yeah so you don't really hear a lot from him just because he's not vocal like that. 
But shoot, he probably has the most writing credits out of the three. Just don't know. Right. And Offset gets a lot of writing credits too because he yeah. was all over that Jay Z Beyonce album. Yeah, yeah. See him and Quavo. Cool, that's cool. Like they, I like the way they're moving, and as a whole, I like the way that quality control them are moving. Yeah, man. Oh man. Wow. Man, are they dominating? That whole label is dominating. Another man. comparison I saw was they were like somebody. I can't. I wish I could remember who said it because this was a perfect point. But they were like, they're like the cash money of right now. Yeah. But, and again, high boys, they didn't last, man. Yeah. Money and all that type of stuff, man, they didn't last. And the egos. I just watched a BG little documentary the other day. Uh, and I forgot, you know, when they was first, when the high boys were probably not first broke up, but maybe about two years after they broke up. This is around the time when Soldier Slim got killed. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, you know, Lil Wayne and Baby was talking about, you know, fuck everybody who left and all that. And, you know, for a minute there, I was about to say, man, it was a hit out for, for Baby and Lil Wayne in New Orleans. But, you know, they obviously yeah. kind of got over that where at least Lil Wayne did. I know they kind of smoothed it over because they was at, at one point when they talking about redoing another Hot Boys album before yeah. BG got locked up again. Yeah, they they were really talking about. It. I think Wayne Wayne after he got out from under Baby, uh, was more open to doing things that like that Baby had told him weren't in his best interest. Yeah, like it's just like he reconnected with Currency. He did a lot of things after he got under that spell. Man. But uh yeah, I like the way quality control and them are going. And I want to see what happens going forward with like Cardi and because that Bruno Mars song she got, that shit about to blow all the way up. Oh man, that song goes so hard, man. It do. And yeah. and then that video is dope and Yeah, bro, uh-huh. I, I ain't had a crush on somebody in a long time. Like, as far as, like, a, a, a famous person I will never meet. Yeah. But I'm in love with that bitch. Uh... I don't know how many uh, Caucasian males listen to the show, but, you know, I've been looking on YouTube and, you know, I'm into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I get into it deep. So, <clears throat> you know, some of these people get to go see the early screening of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I was just seeing a bunch of guys who are not black talking about, you know, how awful Captain Marvel was. And I was like, okay, I don't want to watch no more of these because I don't, I don't want to watch none of the spoilers and none before that. Me but too. these are like spoiler-free reviews. Mm-hmm. But it was just like straight 10, 15 minutes of pounding. Like, it was awful. They ruined it. The Marvel Universe is never going to be the same. I don't even know if I want to go see another one. And I was like, damn, was it that bad? I've, so, seen, I've seen really good reviews. Now, you know, they Rotten Tomatoes had to suspend people from uh leaving reviews because there was an effort by uh some far right people to bomb the uh not actually bomb but uh 
bombed the ratings. So yeah, people yeah. that hadn't even seen it were just giving it the worst, uh, the worst <laughs> scores. So you know, I went and looked. You know, after I saw the movie, I thought the movie was great. It wasn't the best one out of. It. I still think the uh, was it Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is the bar for a superhero movie. Yeah, I think that especially is especially Marvel ones. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. So uh, you know, I think they do pretty much a great job, and the numbers speak for themselves. But uh, I believe her name is Brie Larson who plays Captain Marvel. Yeah. So when they were doing the press, the, the promo and all that, she was, uh, you know, bringing up a bunch of issues. And the one thing I really, you know, and I'm get, I'm kind of late to it because I just now read it literally yesterday, you know, interviews she did from maybe two months ago. And, you know, she was talking about uh, uh, what, what was it was a black movie. Was it A Wrinkle in Time or whatever? Yeah. So she said, uh, yeah, you know, if I. Uh, want to read a review for A Wrinkle in Time, you know, we need more black critics in the industry to get their perspective because if, uh, you know, a, a, a white guy gives his perspective on it, it's going to be from the, from the perspective of a white guy, especially if he's secretly prejudiced, then he's really not going to give it a fair review. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then, you know, she said her woman issues and all that. So she's more talking about equality and, From a real perspective, you know, too. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, that uh-huh. just, like, oh, there's some bullshit. Like, let's all hold hands. She's talking yeah. about changing the actual industry. Yeah, yeah. They got mad as fuck about that oh shit. Oh, my God. It, it was fun. It's fun to me. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it, I, if you, on a serious level, it's not funny. Yeah. Like, the funny part of it is that it's a lot of the anti-SJW bros. You know, like, the people... What? You, you know gotta that, school me. You yeah, gotta school right. me. I'm from I'm from Mississippi. What's SJW? <laughs> SJW is a social justice warrior. Okay. So th- that's what they call a lot of uh, people that are on the left that are trying yeah. to like some people like Black Lives Matter people on the Me Too movement stuff yeah. like that. They'll just label them as SJWs. So uh, there's a uh, a men's rights movement. <laughs> yeah. Mostly by uh, our Caucasian brothers. Yeah, who are trying to uh, go against these uh, feminist movements and things. A lot mm-hmm. of them were mad at what she said. So they have been on a concerted effort to uh, just spread misinformation and stuff about the movie, hoping that it'll bomb. Yeah, I don't think it's going to bomb. Well, uh, did you see seen... the numbers? Did you see the numbers on the weekend? She did what? Four, they did 400 mil worldwide. $455 million. Already, yeah. People want to see more than just like white dudes in costumes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Black Panther show realistic. That... that ain't realistic, no way. Like, come on now. Like everybody in the whole galaxy is white. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole galaxy, huh? But that's how there a lot of people's worlds are. They only know white people. So uh, and then did, oh, did you see the movie? Did you see the movie? I haven't seen it yet. I, okay, I so I don't want to. If you are like me, like, you know, I didn't grow up reading comics. I, like a lot of people, saw the cartoons. So, you know, the comics are one thing. Then the uh, cartoons from the 90s and the late 80s or whatever, they have, you know, they're close to the comic, but they have their own little spin on it, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the movies takes... uh, They're pretty true say, to the comics. Yeah, they're, they're true to the comics, but they change stuff that makes it work 
because a lot of stuff, if they just stay, in my opinion, 100% on to what Stan Lee and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but Jack if they Kirby. stay on net, yeah, yeah, if they stayed on net, it would kind of be kind of cheesy to me. Yeah. So I do like the fact of changing Captain Marvel into a woman, which they did in the comics. But if you'd have went with the older version, I believe it was a man. And then, you know, uh, I don't want to give away certain stuff, but, you know, changing certain people into, you know, into certain, you know, a certain race or mm-hmm. a certain, you know, it's just like with Nick a certain Pete. gender. Like Nick Fury is a white guy in the yeah, early uh-huh. comics, and then now yep. in the comics, I believe in the eighties and nineties, they made him black. Yeah, actually, I think in the nineties they based the new Nick Fury on Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? I think they started using that towards the later nineties, and then, of course, when they started making the movies, they uh used him. And I'm telling you right now, when you see the new one. I'm going to say this about it because, you know, usually in Marvel movies, again, outside of Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, you know, Nick Fury's probably screen time at max might be 15 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. Well, this movie, you know, like the guy who whoever did like the uh, CGI or whatever and, you know, made Samuel Jackson uh, look look younger man he deserve an award just for that but just they, for that they've been doing that also really well they did it with uh ant-man and the wasp yeah. when they make michael douglas look like it, michael yeah, douglas on wall street yeah <laughs> like it's like yeah. man these niggas are fucking magicians <laughs> yeah but man samuel jackson really does a great acting job in that movie um like one one thing i did want to talk about with that was a lot of the uh like as far as the the negative the negative aspects of uh i swear having a dog is like having a fucking kid somewhere um, man i'm telling you that's <laughs> funny because i just walked out here and there's just like uh this little white kid just standing in the middle of the road so i'm about to walk the other way <laughs> because it should be an adult by him and it's not so if anybody remember that game, Silent Hill is very reminiscent of that. Because there ain't nobody in sight. If I turn around, I'm going to have to slap this little boy. Because he might be a monster. <laughs> um, oh, as far as the the negative uh, movement to go against Captain Marvel, um, that's also what they did with The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Like, it's people that that's... Actually, that's really, one of the I, better I Star that. Wars yeah. movies. People yeah. and then like I saw it with my friend Lex. Well, you know Lex. Yeah. So after we saw it, he was like, "I didn't like that at all." I think he had seen some of the uh, reviews and stuff going into it. Yeah. And I was like, "That was actually probably the best Star Wars movie ever." The problem is that people want to. Hold on, re- hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, you mean to tell me that it's better than when they took the mask off of Dark Vader and he was like. Let me look on you with my own eyes. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> I actually think that's the, what's the one of the worst Star Wars Star Wars yeah, movies. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, because um, 
the problem is with Star Wars and a lot of the things like comic books is all these people are trying to recapture a movement. I mean, a feeling that they had when they were kids and they first saw something. Uh-huh. So like what I saw with Lex, he was like, it just didn't seem like a Star Wars movie. It didn't seem believable. I was like, so we've been watching movies with seven foot Wookiees the entire fucking time. And now we want to get to this. This shit couldn't happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Real, like people always go with some weird shit when they just hate something for a reason. They don't want to say why. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it just doesn't seem believable. That, because uh, a woman can be a Jedi. Right. And she couldn't save the galaxy. She couldn't defeat nobody and all that. Yeah, I get it. People, but just say that shit then. Like, yeah. Like, don't like, don't say Captain Marvel sucks and you ain't seen the movie. Yeah. Just to hate. Like, that's some yeah. bullshit. But, like, um, if you are interested in, like, uh, black comic nerds. There's this uh this guy named Chris. He has an MTR network where he does a, he does spoiler reviews and non spoiler reviews. He has them on YouTube uh-huh. and he does like podcasting. And then he also does like the character corner where he goes through the history of each comic character. That nigga is dope as fuck. And he's not yeah. like one of those uh sellout brothers. <laughs> like, like this nigga is black as fuck. He got the yeah, uh, like he got the uh, job interview voice, but he is talking oh. to like <laughs> that shit. Man, yeah, so, I, I went to uh, a Comic Con in Jackson maybe two years ago with this guy I worked with named Devin, about the Devin, and I can tell you this: I was way out of my league, man. I went in there, you know, I had this. Dragon Ball Z shirt. I had, you know, I had somebody make me a Dragon Ball Z shirt. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, this going to be cool. And I went in there and people were in full costume. Yes. They had made their own weapons and stuff. And I was just standing around like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I missed the memo. We yeah, were supposed I'm to bring like, our own stuff. <laughs> man, you know, I don't think people you know, uh, are weird for what they're into because, you know, that honestly has a bigger following than sports do. Yes. So, you know, really, if you're deep in the sports, you're kind of a weirdo. So, yeah, I was, but, you know, to me, I like, yeah, man, it's not my league. Like, yeah, I just, you know, say I something I can knock off my list that I didn't did before. They had, uh, uh, they had a convention here this past weekend and they yeah. had uh, Lou Ferrigno. Oh yeah, and then they had some of the original <laughs> Power Rangers. Now that you say it, that done. was the Black Power Ranger there. Yes, he was actually. That's the same guy they get for all of them. that little three hundred dollars they give for it go a long way, man. Yep. That Power Rangers check then got cut off. Yo, <laughs> they he was there, and it was a couple other people. But I swear to God, I forgot that Lou Ferrigno was still alive. Oh yeah. Like, I completely forgot that there, because I don't know why I thought he was dead. But anyway, how'd you feel about the uh, the Huntsville shout out in Captain Marvel? Oh, yeah, because uh, Samuel Jackson says it. You know, it was a couple people in there. I'm guessing they were from Huntsville originally. So we all kind of, you know, looked around when he said that. And everybody kind of had a little moment like, did Samuel Jackson just shout out Huntsville? <laughs> 
and like that shit is dope. Cause I yeah. more people need to uh, find out about Huntsville, yeah. so we can uh, change the uh, the stigma of Alabama a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like on that one episode we were talking about that they had a map of Alabama about yeah. what each place really is, and they were like uh, Silicon Valley in Alabama around Huntsville. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be accurate. In my opinion, that would be accurate. And then they were talking about like Coleman and Sand Mountain as don't go here if you're black. <laughs> Man, there's literally like this little boy is like literally just walking around by himself in the middle of the street. I would say call the police like they do on us. Hey man, look, I'm black. I've been fucked over by the police and a couple of times. I can't do it, but I tell somebody to call the police for <laughs> Go to a, a concerned white person. I think uh-huh. you should call the police. <laughs> yeah. I'll refer you to the police. <laughs> I won't call them, but I'll refer somebody else to the police. Um do you, you have a headset in? Like do you have Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Is it messing with the sound? Uh no. I, I, are you walking around? Yeah, I mean it's swaying. Is I guess I'm picking He's speaking it up. a different language. He's picking a different language. Speaking a different language. I gotta leave. What? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just want to leave this. In. Just like, what the fuck was he keep doing? <laughs> by looking at me and saying something, I don't know what he was saying. He might be. It's going to be a spaceship land in the middle of this apartment complex. <laughs> and come take this little. All right. Um, now, one thing I did want to talk to you about is the Antonio Brown thing. A.B.? Yo. All guy? Yo. The way that people are reacting to him, I guess before he was traded. Yeah. Like, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It did, too, with me. Because, go ahead, go ahead. It seems like they want to possess, like fans, quote unquote, want to possess the bodies of (laughs) the people they supposedly care about and root for. Yeah. And if they decide to do something that is in their own best interest, then they are labeled as pretty much a runaway slave. Uh huh. It goes back to the way that they that people acted with like LeBron. Yeah. And stuff. And then they act like you're supposed to take something, take one for the team, I guess. And uh-huh. you you shouldn't ask for your value because yeah. if that's the case, then don't play. If you can't play by our rules, don't play. It's the yeah. cap shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody knows that football players are underpaid, but some one people of my don't. Biggest- some people don't yeah. realize that because they look at it from I only make uh fifty thousand dollars a year. You're making five million. But the guy who owns the team is making five billion. Right. So that's it's all perspective. You know. it's, it's all perspective. And then the people who don't have no talent whatsoever, they just go to a bunch of silly ass meetings and act like they did something. Oh, we're gonna sign a contract that would have got signed anyway because Coke wants their commercials played. They'll get paid ten million dollars. Yes. And what did you do? What did you do? You closed the you business deal to... that was going to happen yeah. anyway. Yeah. Regardless of who was in that role, they they was going to get get the money. 
And then at the very right. bottom, you have these fans who don't make any money off of any of this stuff. You just cheer for the team. They are the loudest ones talking about, because he's a Steelers fan. So he yeah. was like, I wish there was a way that if you go against your contract, you could be sued. Or oh, be like you could be held responsible if you uh go against your contract, just like it is in the real world. But what? That is the real world. Exactly. And that's what Doug was saying. Like Doug and me were going like going against him. It was like, what are you talking about? Like Antonio Brown is not the first person to to hold out on his contract yeah. and then tell tell him pretty much to trade me. That happens. Hey, so, so what was his opinion? Uh, because as far as I know, Antonio Brown can go to uh, any city, any town that he chooses to. But Ben Roethlisberger can never go to Milledgeville, Georgia again. <laughs> he can't never. They, I'm going to do a documentary called Three Summers in Milledgeville. <laughs> And this is stuff that people have been saying about Ben Roethlisberger, but for a strange reason, that stuff always gets muted out to the background. Yes. And for people that don't know, Ben Roethlisberger was accused of rape, what, at least, what, two, three times? No, it was three times. Three years in a row. Three consecutive years in one same town, Billingsville, Georgia. That nigga can't go back there. And then for everybody else who likes to, you know, talk about all these guys, like the guy who um, plays for the Cowboys, everybody calling him an idiot for, you know, saying that I'd rather smoke marijuana for my pain medicine because it's more effective than the stuff that they give you that can kill you and get you addicted to it. But for people like that who say that that guy's an idiot, well, you know, why don't you? say nothing about you know since women issues and you're so protective of women like that should be something that's revisited since we're revisiting everybody else right I am surprised that 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 actually hasn't been brought back up and never been brought back up and then we all know a grand total of four games yeah but three incidents and Tom Brady deflated I mean never Deflated balls, and he got what? Tom Brady didn't deflate nothing. It was the mm-hmm. trainers who deflated it. Mm-hmm. They ain't got nothing to do with Tom. But I ain't no big Tom Brady fan. Got to get a man his credit. Oh no, he's a goat. He's a goat. I mean, um, but this is what uh Lex was saying. Players should be penalized for not completing their contracts they originally signed. And so me, as the suburban podcast thing, because I forgot to switch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, how would you even do that? He's at no clue, but both players and teams should be held responsible once the uh, pen hits the paper. What's the point of the contract if nobody honors it? In the real world, if we sign a contract and don't honor it, we will be called to court real quick. I said, or they could just trade him and be done with it. Yeah, that's what I was about (laughs) to say. Well, Antonio Brown actually never did nothing against the contract. He's still, you know, for everybody who's listening, the Steelers still owe Antonio Brown $21 million that yeah. they can't spend on anybody else. So he's still technically under the same contract with the same guidelines that he signed on. the. He didn't breach nothing. He, he wanted out. They wanted him gone. And, you know, we'll never know what happened at the practice. But all I know is 
you've only heard what Antonio Brown did, if he even did that. But you've only heard what he's done. You've never heard what nobody else did. Right. And then so let's say that if AB still gets $23 million a season, he should be penalized for not honoring the terms of his contract. I said, but they ain't, so why are you worried about it? He said, that's why I got excited when he was about to freeze his ass off in terrible, with a terrible QB in Buffalo. And so I was like, maybe you are too emotionally invested in another man's happiness or life. Yeah. And then Lex, I mean, then Doug was like, Lex, come on, man. You really don't believe that. Anyone can leave their job whenever they want. But mm-hmm. because they're NFL players, they should be penalized for it. Because, yeah, like you said, He's emotionally attached to it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like these people are just fucking, like, fans are weird. Yeah. And is even going to, like, the Michael Jackson thing or whatever, the people that are just saying that Michael couldn't have done this because I'm a fan of his music, that doesn't fucking mean anything. <laughs> like, people are too, it's weird. People, like, People obsess over other people's lives, and yeah. if they decide to do something, then their whole fucking day is ruined. Or I could never root for that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have legitimate like issues with it. I understand, like about going after a a, a person who's deceased. Yeah, but the people who are just flat out like Michael Jackson couldn't have done this because I saw Thriller when I was thirteen. It's like what the fuck you uh-huh. talking? <laughs> Yeah. It's like you don't know him. Fan culture, like worshiping celebrities, is fucking bullshit. It is. And it is. It took me a long time to realize. Like, Since you said that, now that'll be a great segue. And I, I looked at one of the things you had uh, said you want to talk about the fans worshiping certain uh, celebrities. So, how about the fans who worship Michael Jordan so much that anything that LeBron does, who. who always gives Michael Jordan his props anytime he does anything. The fans who are like, nope, nope, nah, we want Kobe Bryant back. You're not better than Kobe Bryant. You're not better than Larry Bird. Let alone, you're nowhere near Michael Jordan and all that. Like that is so much BS. I've I ain't lying. I've never heard one year that LeBron has been playing in the NBA to where he's just got credit. Like, man, he this is a great player. Nope. It's always compare him. But LeBron went for everybody. This is a 100% fact. LeBron didn't compare himself to Michael Jordan coming out. He didn't compare himself to nobody. Mm-mm. That was something that was propped up after his first year in the league. You know, they always used to do when kids are good in high school or college, you know, they'd always do the baby Jordan thing. But it, LeBron wasn't the first one. No. That goes back to the late 80s. Yeah, like didn't they call was it Isaiah Ryder baby Jordan? Isaiah Ryder, Harold Miner, uh, Harold Miner. Uh, that is a Kobe blast from the past. To a degree, to a degree, got it. It was a couple other guys who got it before uh, LeBron even got there. Yeah, like before he Grant even Hill. got to school. They yeah. told they said Grant Hill was gonna be the next Jordan. Yeah, 
but people... So it's not like something, but when the one guy who actually comes and actually puts a thought in your mind, like, man, you know, this dude might actually be that good. Now it's a problem. Like, I'm, I'm a LeBron, I'm such, I'm a big LeBron fan, but like, it is fucking crazy that grown men cry about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan ain't played in his last year was what oh three, so he ain't played yeah, sixteen yeah. fucking years. Yeah, the year but he graduated. I said he graduated when we graduated from the eighth grade. That was Michael Jordan's last season. Yep, and LeBron started yeah. our ninth grade year. Yeah, cause. Uh, yeah, so LeBron was a senior in high school and we were in the eighth grade. And Michael Jordan's last year because, you know, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can see the Jordan brand All-American game that LeBron played in. And, you know, they were t- it was the day after or two days after Jordan's last game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's people worship Michael Jordan. Yeah. And I get it. Like I uh, do, too. Like I understand, like because growing up, especially like you know like how we were talking about, like how you were talking about the growing up without a father in the picture yeah. thing. To a yeah. lot of people, Michael Jordan is their image of a father figure. Yeah. To a lot yeah. of black kids and a lot of white kids, to be honest, he's the image of working hard and succeeding at the highest level and yeah. perf- almost near perfection. Yeah. So I understand uh, his legacy from that standpoint, but we have to, like, we have to leave some room that one day it's going to be okay if somebody else says that Michael Jordan isn't the greatest player of all time. Yeah, because, you know, what I happen to think that, you know, neither one of them is number one. You can say two or three, but, see, this is just a king's opinion. Will Chamberlain is number one for me. Will Chamberlain, if you read about some of the stuff that Will Chamberlain did, if he had the TV coverage, you know Will Chamberlain's first pro game was when he was 16. Yeah. And he averaged 40-some points (laughs) in a professional season. Not in a game, in a professional season as a a sophomore in high school. Wasn't he he a Globetrotter first? Uh, Well, from my understanding, he was playing in a – in the league that will become the NBA, um, he was playing in that league up in Pencil in Pennsylvania. So uh, I believe they gave his mom or some like a couple thousand dollars or whatever to have him come out and play with the team for a portion of the season. So he played like a half of the season and in the playoffs. So essentially, after his high school season ended. Um, and you know he go play, and he was dominant. Like he was, you know, he wasn't even a full grown man, and he's just dominating some of the best players who had just left college, and who were the best players in whatever the pro league was at the time. I've actually never heard that. Uh, yeah, yeah I always, it was a story I just ran across maybe a couple months ago. Because I've always, always knew that he signed with the Globe Charters back when the Globe Charters it wasn't like fixed games. Yeah, uh-huh. when like they really come to your uh, city and on some yeah. and one shit whoop up all the talent. <laughs> yeah, cause the Globetrotters beat the Lakers one time before he got to the Lakers one time, didn't? I think or so. Was yeah. it the Celtics? They beat a, of, they beat an NBA team. I just can't remember who it is. It might have been both of them, honestly. Like they were, 
because especially before the league was integrated, they yeah. had like the best black players in the fucking yeah. world. Yeah. Running up in each uh city, balling out and embarrassing your uh your fellow citizens. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. like people are wait, what was I gonna say? Well, I can say this, you know, in my opinion, the LeBron oh. argument is not is not so much a basketball on court argument. It's more of a political argument. Yes. Because LeBron does do so much stuff. He gets so much attention from so many people, not just in the country, but around the world that, you know, for everybody who doesn't know, you know, who watch all these sports shows in the morning. They have analysts who come up with the stats. It's yeah. not these guys' opinions. These are stats that were given to them in their meeting. Right. They've right? gone these over were opinions. Yeah. These were opinions that they said. It's not like they wake up every day and, you know, this is what I'm going to say on the show today. No. They're, good. They're giving a guideline, an outline, a script to go out, and we want you to put your spin on this script. It's the most dangerous thing in in television is to say whatever you feel, just go out there and say it. Yeah. So yeah. they have too much money invested in that to even do that. Yeah. So, but I I do agree that it's a how they feel about LeBron is a political statement on yeah. many different levels. Yeah. One because LeBron is his own man. <clears throat> yeah. And it, as you've seen from how this season is going. LeBron don't care about none of this shit that that y'all care about. Yeah, he playing his own game. Yeah, and his he thinking about after this shit. Like somebody and said, look, somebody was like, I, "I'm sorry." What? Go go ahead. What was you gonna say? Somebody was like, "LeBron is pretty much just playing basketball as a hobby right now." And I don't. I disagree because you know, um, before if anybody can remember, but uh, you know. People like to delete this stuff out of as if it didn't happen three or four months ago. The Lakers were in fourth place in the conference before LeBron gets hurt. And that, the and Lakers were only uh, two games behind the Warriors for first place. And I still think I think he came back too early. I did, too. I told one of my friends, I said, LeBron still hurt. He still hurt. You can kind of see it when he walked like he kind of he kind of like. It's kind of like you can't see it on his face, but you can see it when he run. Like mm-hmm. he kinda, it's kind of it's not fluid movement. Yeah, uh huh. Like that that uh the thing that they keep showing where I think where Ingram pushes LeBron to guard that dude. Yeah, LeBron doesn't have the movement that he used to have. Yeah, and you can tell that. And and people, when you say that, people think that you're making excuses for it. But it's no, he's a 34 year old athlete. Of course, he's who's been playing that. And you got to think, this is his 16th year, but if you add in how much playoff games he's played, this is like he's on his 18th year. And then plus, this was the first year I've ever seen LeBron actually hurt. Yeah, ever. Ever. And that's like, that's his thing. Like, you know, being durable, being healthy, being able to not get hurt. That's his thing. And, you know, and the other thing was, he always stayed in shape. Like he's like the most in shape person probably outside of like Serena Williams, who I can say that I've ever seen Yeah. as far as being able to just handle a low year after year after year. 
and you know to get hurt for people who don't know who you know who might have not played sports and had a groin injury because I had one and it constantly flares up and you know LeBron is a workout freak so mm-hmm. you know when you can't run no matter what you eat or do ever if you can't burn that off you're gonna pick up weight and I heard somebody say that he picked up pounds over the uh over over the injury and was not able to work it off in time so not only is he hurting but he's trying to get in shape at while in the middle of the season yeah like and then also this shows how ignorant people are it's just like what you you know when he he has that thing where he cramps up a lot yeah and people are like well why can't he just run through it you fucking dumbass <laughs> and they've never had yeah i used to anybody everybody who played at buckhorn every friday after and we had a pretty good team Every Friday night after the game, we get done and, you know, everybody meet up and all that. But you could ask my mom after all that's done, it never failed. Every game I come in and, and I fall on the couch, both of my legs would cramp up. And <laughs> it is the worst pain yes. probably outside of giving birth that you could ever <laughs> experience. Like, and I think our family, my family as a whole cramps because, like, Yo. Oh man, yeah, I remember your brother cramping one time so bad. Oh god. Yo, like I used to get him in the middle of the night, my leg just gets stiff. The first time yeah. it happened, I was like twelve. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I was like, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, man. That shit it'll bring you to be deep dead in your sleep. Yeah. And that thing'll bring you up back to life. <laughs> <laughs> but people people don't fucking know shit. And they just just say the dumbest shit. Yeah, and then nobody calls them on it because, like, it's under the guise of, well, they have an opinion; they have the right to say that. Yeah, but your opinion should be based on in fact. Yeah. Side note: His son was actually playing down here uh, over the weekend, and I had meant to go see him, but I Bro, didn't get to go. I I'm about to be a a, a Brody fan, like it's just gonna carry over. Yeah, it's like that nigga is about to be trill. I, I like the fact that he was able to come out and say, you know, I, I regret, you know, naming my son that because of how much pressure it's going to be. But I don't think that he'll get as, you know, nowhere near as much uh, backlash as his dad did. But, no. you know, it, it do because, you know, that's a prideful thing to give your son your name. Yeah. You know, you're proud of your name and to hand it off, you, you know, your name means something. You want him to carry it on. And in LeBron's mind, you know, it's probably like, no, you don't have to do what I did. I'll be proud of you, whatever you do. But for everybody outside world, it's like, you have to do this. Because I remember uh, LeBron's wife saying, you know, he wants to snowboard. But everybody else is probably like, no, you have to play basketball. Right. Now, I think the younger son uh, ended up doing whatever he wants to do. Like, he's playing basketball now, but I think he's more – He'll look into doing other things. Yeah. yeah. That that's gonna be a heavy burden. But I think we also need to start looking at the uh the overall legacy of LeBron. Like yeah. uh, like how you said that Bronny isn't gonna have have to struggle to 
LeBron had as far as like yeah. doing the expectations and stuff like that. Yeah. That's because LeBron LeBron did a lot for black athletes going forward. Exactly. Especially exactly. The, you know how everybody says, you know, Michael Jordan changed the whole way the whole marketing thing. And I was and you know, this is I have a friend who is dying hard. You can't tell him nothing. Michael Jordan is the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> He's the greatest golfer of all time. He could have beat Usain Bolt running backwards if he wanted to. Have you seen that nigga on the skates hockey? <laughs> yeah. So he Wait, said, Gretzky, man, he who? changed Mark. He said his his point was always when we argued is, you know, marketing. What has LeBron done marketing? And I'm like, well, we can go look at stuff like LeBron has a partnership with, you know, uh, Bleacher Report. You know, he does mm-hmm. the uninterrupted. He does. We can point out all these things. And I always say, the well, it wasn't Michael Jordan didn't do nothing. Nike changed marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Nike. Jordan was just really great. Nike, um, Michael Jordan fell into, like, just the perfect situation as yeah. far as that. Because it was a perfect timing for everybody. Yeah, and he had the perfect shoe designer in Tinker yep. Hatfield. Yep. Yeah, Phil Knight's trust in him. And People it, believe that Michael Jordan designed his own shoe. Keep going. <laughs> a lot of people believe that. Yeah, keep and, going. Uh, and then also them using Spike Lee to do the commercials for the threes and fours and going on, like yep. the Mars uh-huh. stuff. Because it, it it went to Michael. If, if Michael didn't want to do it, they weren't going to do it. But Nike yeah. kind of wanted Spike to do it from the jump. Yeah. So it's not like LeBron, uh, like Michael just choked. He's like, I saw this uh, small film, and I want this guy to shoot my commercial. Yeah. It was no, like, he it, had none of, no input pretty much from a creative perspective. And then also on the perspective of Magic and Larry did a lot of the heavy lifting for redoing the image of the NBA. Yeah. And Michael Jordan. Because it was more of a, you know, for lack of a better term, basketball was more of a delicacy at the time. And ESPN and all that. Yeah, ESPN was not, you know, ESPN, I think, got launched around the time when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were rookies. Yeah, I think it started college. I think it started in seventy nine and they Yeah, and they were rookies in seventy eight or seventy nine. So if you have, you know, in Michael Jordan's case when he's coming into his prime, ESPN is becoming a big thing. The big network are signing more contract sports, you know, uh T V deals and, you know, if you have uh, ESPN going full steams ahead at the time when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in college, you could have followed that thing, that arc for 20 years. Yeah. And Michael Jordan would never be what he is now or and, considered in that life. And then the fact that it was a smooth transition in power yeah. from uh, when Magic, by the time Magic retired and then Larry was hurt. Yeah, and then that's when Mike won his first championship the, the yeah. last year that Magic played, and, and and the bad boys get old. Yeah, and, and then the, all of that stuff. And then the Olympics used professional athletes for the first time in '92, and so everybody is following the dream team, and yeah. so it's it's amazing to look at it, but we can't just give all the credit to Michael Jordan. Yeah. 
he got lucky on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now his skill and his talent on the court is unquestioned. One of the greatest yeah. things ever. I, I don't I don't want nobody because I know somebody's head is about to explode who's listening to this. They head they Bro. pissed off right now. But Michael Jordan, the killer instinct thing is one hundred percent real. Yeah, that but that, what, that, that floats into being a sociopath also because yeah, he's uh-huh. uh, a madman. Like he about to slap old boy that this year at the beginning of the season. You see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing is crazy. <laughs> you got one of the worst franchises in the league. Because <laughs> they suck. Because <laughs> y'all playing in a competitive game against, who is it, like the Phoenix Suns or something? Two teams who ain't even going to make the playoffs. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> man Michael Jordan probably get away with a lot of that shit like he probably be doing all kind of foul ass shit be like I'm fucking MJ what the fuck are you gonna fucking do and now look now to say on the opposite of that so I can give somebody just a little relief this year you know Magic Johnson is doing an awful job as the president and the the, uh, the GM for the Lakers he's garbage like you know, uh, I just read a story today, actually, that said uh, the players and a couple of the team officials was, was pleading with the Lakers to keep Julius Randle, who was playing at an all-star level this year, mm-hmm. and to keep Brooke Lopez, who was not at all-star level anymore. But Brooke Lopez is really, really good he really for the is. Milwaukee Bucks who may make the NBA Finals and have a chance to win. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the other part of, like, LeBron not being in this playoffs. Is That's going to be good for the NBA? No. Nah, have you seen the ratings? I mean. The ratings are down 22%. They, they are, but I think that in the long run it could end up helping. I don't think nobody's going to really care about the playoffs this year. I've always maintained the fact that when Nick Saban retires and LeBron James retires, sports as a whole will become less interesting. It will. Because, because every year, what's the main point that you can always go back to? Year-round, you can always bring up the Michael Jordan and LeBron argument. Year-round, you can talk about, we're, we play great football in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. And you know they don't uh, Jim Harbaugh's a better football coach than Nick Saban you know he's not but you can always bring those points up every year and it'll keep it'll keep your ratings it'll keep interesting you can revisit those points year after year like you know I'm, I'm a big Alabama fan right but I have to give Dabo Sweeney his credit and Clemson his credit they showed up they out coached and outplayed Alabama this year yeah. but when Nick Saban leaves, I don't care how good Clemson is. I don't care how good you know, whoever else is good. It's not going to be as interesting because he literally changed the game from uh, the seriousness of recruiting. And, you know, people, they, they sell recruiting now because of, of Nick Saban, how, how into it he was and everybody wasn't. Right. He, they sell you know, they can sell all these political arguments on ESPN now because of how social LeBron is. And years ago, they wasn't. Right. Right. So when these guys leave, people going to be like, I don't want to hear that no more. 
do something new. And another thing that people, the the, I understand the Jordan uh stands, but the people that really are getting on my nerves right now are the Kobe stands. Yeah, it's like, it's weird, man. It's 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 strange, you know. All these phantom arguments are coming up out of nowhere. You know, the, the Jordan thing and LeBron thing has always been there, but you know, all of a sudden to bring Kobe up as if Kobe and LeBron never played against each other. Right. LeBron's record against Kobe, by the way, for people who don't know, is 19-8 and eight, with LeBron <laughs> winning 19 games. LeBron's average against Kobe Bryant was like 29 points a game, whereas Kobe Bryant's career average is, it drops down from what his career average is. I think it, he drops down to like 23, 24 points a game. Yeah. And if you go look at game by game, Kobe Bryant... And all of the, it was 27 or 28 games they played in there. Kobe Bryant really only had about four games, four or five games where you were like, Kobe Bryant is the better player. All the other games, LeBron was the best player in the Yeah. It's just you like, can look that up. It's a 100% fact. Look it up. Tell me if I'm lying. LeBron's first year is 03, 04. He makes the playoffs first time in 05. Yeah, and since then he was the best player in the league every year. Yeah, you know what? I I'll even give it to Kobe Bryant at that point. I'll say LeBron was the best player in the NBA starting in. I'll be nice. I'll say 2010 is when LeBron becomes the best player in the in the NBA. Yeah. I'll give I'll leave I'll give y'all that. I believe it's earlier, but I'll say for argument's sake, he started being the best because. In 2003, in my opinion, in my opinion, Tracy McGrady is the best player yeah. in the NBA at that time. Yes. Tracy McGrady is very underrated. It was, yeah, it was it was only for a brief time because he got hurt. But Tracy McGrady has a very Grant Hill-like career. And where Grant Hill was, you know, of course, he came in when Michael Jones was playing. So Grant Hill could have been, you know, top five-ish player in the league, but he gets hurt. You could make the argument that Tracy McGrady was LeBron 1.0. Ah. Like, as far as body size, like, Ron has more See, muscle. The, but Yeah, that's the difference, man. The quickness I, and the, I, I the height. I can't compare nobody to that because, you know, yeah, they're athletic and all that. But, man, you know, Tracy McGrady is, what, six, nine, six, seven, six, eight, And he was maybe about 230. LeBron was dominant at 6'9", 275, and he was the fastest, most athletic, best passer and everything, and Tracy McGrady was just... Um, so speaking of that, how excited, or how do you feel about Zion? Zion Williamson is, I mean, I believe we're looking at the next big thing. I believe what we're looking at is, you know, because... I don't really, I, like I said, I don't watch like the regular cable or anything, so I don't keep up with all the uh, TV shows, like the sports TV shows. But, you know, I see a couple of clips here and there on YouTube or whatever. But Zion Williamson, I think, is the perfect, uh, the perfect poster child for the, um, for the social media, quote-unquote, era of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'll have a cool thing because you've been able to watch uh, Zion Williamson blow up on YouTube, Instagram, from
from when he was a junior in high school, you've been able to see, like, they were filming, like, his whole games, and you didn't have to watch on ESPN right. or nothing. You see it on social media, and he gets his fame through that. So his fans from there, he'll grow up in the NBA, and long as he don't get hurt, I think talent, man, he's like a bigger, not bigger, but taller, slightly taller version of Charles Barkley. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. if he can if he can bring Charles Barkley like personality, even though I'm not like a I don't like really care too much about Charles Barkley, but Charles Barkley entertain you with his mouth. Charles Barkley is still one of the most entertaining people of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. like him or hate him, he is entertaining. And anybody who didn't see him play he has. <laughs> I, I will say that Zion might be a little bit more athletic, but Charles Barkley was a freak of nature athletic-wise. Yeah, that's why it's funny. Like, we got to see a little bit of Barkley, like, yeah. in his peak. The kids under us are just like, who is this old man? He never yeah. won a ring, but Charles Barkley is one of the dopest dudes to ever play in the NBA. And them same people who like 25, 23, right. uh, they'll tell you how great Michael Jordan is. They <laughs> ain't named nobody else. How do you know? You don't ever hear nobody be like, you know, Carl Malone was underrated. Exactly. How do you, you can't name all the other guys. Like, these were great, unbelievable players. Like, uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, all of, you don't right. never hear nobody young. Because a lot of people don't know. They just wholeheartedly believe that you know the bull the bulls won six straight it's a lot of people who think the yes, bulls won six a lot straight. of people they don't know the two-year gap they don't know about the magic blowing Beating the bulls out with michael jordan yeah <laughs> they don't know about that. They, Yo. and the bulls would have won 10 straight well what happened when he came back and they lost first dude that might have been deleted from the internet because nobody ever mentions the fact that that rock, that magic team destroyed the bulls and they, and you know what that's the thing they should have won if not for immaturity if you ever seen that documentary or that 30 for 30 documentary they had murdered the uh the Rockets all during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's homeboy's name? They kept Nick Anderson. Yep. Nick Anderson. Um, I can't wait for the the Bulls 30 for 30, even though it's going to be a whole bunch of people like, well, of course Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. Yeah. Just because they watch the fucking all highlight. Show, that's all the show going to be. <laughs> 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> and then the other part is going to be filler. <laughs> Well, back so, to, so, so go ahead. And then like, so uh, back to our regular schedule program. So LeBron sucks. Uh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So That's, do you think that team, like the best Bulls team, which I believe would have been 96, 97, 96. Okay. So do you think that team could have been the Golden State team from last year or the year before? The one two years ago, I feel like was possibly the greatest team I've ever seen. And this is my point. This is my point on that. Nobody was going to stop Michael Jordan. Nobody ever in no era against Michael Jordan can stop him from scoring when he wants, ever. But you never, I I always say, like, they talk about how good that team was shooting. I went and looked it up. That was one of the all-time great three-point shooting teams. Yes. The only problem is Steph Perry and, Thompson on 
80%, not 80%, I lied. They own uh eight of the top 20 three-point shooting uh seasons of all time. They own eight of them. Yeah. After this year, they will own, after this year, they will own 10 of them. So they'll be 50% of the top 20 seasons will be from two players who play together. And then you add Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Scottie Pippen wasn't going to be. Scottie Pippen is great. One all-time great defender. The only problem is he never had to play against a seven-foot guy who was quicker than he was, <laughs> who could shoot better than he could. And so Kevin Durant has a seven, I, I believe it's a seven-three, seven-six seven, six wingspan. I think it's seven-six. Yeah, Scottie Pippen is only six nine, six eight on a good day. On a good day, how are you gonna defend a guy like that <laughs> who can get his shot off at any time? That's and why you I, can't get you can't get there because he why, can jump as high as you can. That's why it was funny. I think it was yeah two finals ago when people were like, "LeBron needs to get on Kevin Durant more." What the fuck is he gonna do? Yeah, that nigga like he he does like uh, right. He's, he's trying. Kevin Durant is fucking sick as fuck. But that also yeah. shows how good LeBron is because Kevin Durant's the second best player in the league. Yeah. And, he, and you know, I give people this argument. You know, if after this year, you can say that LeBron has dropped down and, you know, maybe he'll reclaim it again. Maybe he won't. But you could make the argument that, hey, you know, Kevin Durant's number one now or Kawhi Leonard or whoever, Steph Curry, whoever you want to say is number one. But. You know, for LeBron to be able to guard all those guys, have to guard all those guys, because he guarded Steph Perry, he guarded Clay, he did all that. Even though Draymond Green is not an offensive player, he defended him or was defended by him, vice versa. I mean, you know, I, I don't see what any other team could do with that team. And like I, I always give them this point of the argument, if you play with the rules of, the 90s, okay, the Bulls will probably win. You yeah. play with these rules today, no way in hell the Bulls win. Hell no. Like, all right, so you play by 90s rules, you don't have zone. You have hand checking? Yeah. Which I don't see how that would help because, you know, okay, let's say Michael Jordan guards Clay Thompson, okay, the hand check, you'll take him out because Michael Jordan, all time great defender. With, the only problem is, with one I, of the biggest, some of the biggest hands of all time, too. Yeah, yeah, big strong hand. Okay, you take play something out. Hand checking is not gonna do you any good against Kevin Durant because he still can see over you and get his shot off. Right. But okay, so who's the all-time great defender who can stop Steph Curry? Because he never gets his credit for his dribble. Ron, Ron Harper would get destroyed by Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, murdered. <laughs> Steph Curry. See what the thing that I would I don't really hear people talk about. Uh, Steph Curry has different like launch points on his shot, so he can go essentially like if anybody who like played horse or anything, he can shoot weird, creepy shots. Yes, that you can't even see like when he's gonna come shooting because he's not setting up to shoot a shot. Right, he, he can He's dribble and motion. just all of a sudden throw it up, yeah, and it's going in. Yo, so and then you got the guys on the bench like who's stopping uh Ingadawa and all them. Livingston, that's yeah, because <laughs> that's Livingston, Livingston and Andre Ingadawa's best ball of their career. Even if you remember when they were younger, that it was played with the Warriors. Yes, 
Like that, that the one that LeBron and Kyrie beat them. Sean Livingston at one point was looking like the MVP. Man, oh my God, dude. Like, because Steph Curry, I don't know whatever happened, but Sean Livingston just took over. Like, he was in God mode for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then the fact that LeBron didn't pull that shit out of their ass, God yeah. has to. I, I with LeBron when he said that's when he realized he was the GOAT. Yeah. I'm with you because. I was sweating my ass off watching those games. He's like, there yeah. ain't no way in hell he going to be able to pull this shit off. That, and, and you know what? Everybody, I, I said, I had a friend who believes, you know, Michael Jordan's the greatest everything. He always says, what's LeBron's signature move? I was like, the turnaround fader, LeBron's tomahawk dunk. Uh, the chase and down the thing block. That, the chase down block. LeBron has more chase down block. That is a effort play. That is the one thing, no matter how talented you are, you can give effort. You can give effort. And that is something that you could put a 10-minute highlight reel of yes. LeBron giving effort, not only for chase down block, but, but for doing everything that doesn't involve scoring. His entire career. Yeah. That's, day one. That's the play, like, the, you know, like that all these wannabe coaches be like, this is determination. That is yeah. perfect determination. And along you, with skill and agility. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can see a, a whole bunch of like a, a game winning shot is an uncommon. You'll see the NCAA tournament this year and there'll be about four or five, you know, game winners. So it's not right. unique. How many game winning block, game saving blocks in the crunch, like a, a, a chase down block at that? How many of those in the crunch by a non seven foot guy do you see? That's the most. That's one of the most beautiful plays I've ever yeah. seen. Cause he ran past his own teammates who wasn't giving. Yes, J.R. Smith and Kyrie Irving was gonna let him just have. It. Yep, and he he took off, and then he like four steps in. He's like, I wish I had it in front of me, but just like the fact that when when he goes from half court to the rim. It's like yeah. the quickest, like, three seconds ever. And he comes from the other side of the rim. Yes. Because he grabs the backboard with his other hand to block it. <laughs> it's like he's saving himself from knocking his head off. Are we really supposed to believe that kids now aren't going to be like Michael Jordan, that LeBron is not the greatest player when they're older? When they're old men, are they still going to be like, well, Michael Jordan did this? No. They're going to look at I that believe- play. And be like, that's the dopest nigga I've ever seen in my fucking life. I believe because, you know, even though LeBron has his own media outlet, like I said, if you, depending on what media outlet you grow up subscribing to, you, it'll be, you know, that'll be, that'll shape your opinion. Because, you know, if you're like, uh, you know, you, you, you don't really watch TV, if you go on your cell phone, and like I said, I have Bleacher Report, which is where I get most of my sports news from. So, you know, you know, LeBron has the partnership with Bleacher Report and Chase Bank and all them. So if you subscribe to something like that, then yes, that'll be the best player to you. But if you're still old school and you watch TV with your dad in the morning or, you know, your mom or whatever, then ESPN and Fox is going to make sure that you think that certain players are the best or certain players, this is what you should do. Now, we also should give a little bit of, uh, I guess, credit to Steph. 
because yeah, I, because I, he, I think the next generation of baller is going to be based on Steph more than say the look at Trey Young, look at Trey Young, yeah, from the Atlanta Hawks. Because Perfect. if you don't have the height, you can do some of the stuff that Steph can do. Yeah. Not not yeah. at the level he does it, but you can kind of model your game after Steph. If anybody who remembers going to uh, well, I'm about to get a little, you know. Give a shout out to uh Huntsville. Anybody who ever went to uh to the Riverton Middle School basketball camps, what was the coach's name? Uh Jerry, Jerry Taylor. Yeah, Coach Taylor's basketball camp. He's lying about triple threat and doing all that. And you hold a ball like this. Steph Curry is the greatest triple threat yes. player. <laughs> he does everything <laughs> triple threat and it's fundamental and you just Yo, like you know, it's some old white coaches somewhere just jizzing their fucking pants every uh, time they see him out there. He's like, I yeah. just like that guy. I just like yeah. him a lot. Yeah, this is how good Steph Curry is. People be trying to act like he's mixed with white. They be like, he's a little no. white, isn't he? <laughs> like, no, that's how you know you dope as fuck when white people try uh-huh. to claim you. <laughs> nah, he light. He ain't white. He light. Yo, his mama's so fine, bro. Uh huh. Yo. Yep. It, I, his wife got a like a pie face though. She got a face like a spoon. I think she cute as hell though. She is cute, but man, if you get just got into like just your spoon face ass. <laughs> <laughs> what you shoveled your eyes and stuff up with. But uh damn, we talked about a lot of sports. Yeah, yeah, sports show. And this one, this one's just gonna be about y'all niggas wanting sports. We're here. Right. Yep. Here's what. Damn, man, we've been recording for like two hours. Yeah, two hours and twenty minutes. Mm. Um, I don't know. I might split this up into two episodes. I may release one later, just depending. Like, I don't, I don't have anything too time sensitive. Yeah. So like, some of the stuff will last. So I may release it over time. I actually thought about, man. I actually thought about starting like having a side one, where I just talk to people. Yeah, man, you should, man. Just to uh, the build of just brand. to like, like, yeah, just to you know have different, like, you know, you and Kim have y'all's own thing, but uh, you know, you you have some, maybe you do some with somebody else where you discuss, you know, more man topics or more, you know, topics that you yourself are interested in. Yeah. 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 Because I've been thinking about that. I'm trying to just make it more wide-ranging. Yeah. But that's why I've also been trying to talk more about the documentaries and stuff. Because I really do love documentaries. Yeah. And I, I like discussing them. Um, After I see Captain Marvel, I may call you and we'll do a a, a review or something. Oh, man. I'm going to come up there. I'm right down the road, man. I'm going to be live in the studio, man. Okay. Um we'll try for next week or whatever but uh yeah man appreciate it bro uh 
you want to do a shout out to where people can follow you and stuff? Hey, yeah, man. Everybody follow me on Instagram at ordinary underscore average underscore Akeem. A-K-E-E-M. Don't put no H in front of my name. It's Akeem, not Hakeem. <laughs> but man, I, I appreciate man Juice and Kim for uh always showing me love, man, supporting me, man. And I, you know, a lot of people out there who support y'all, man. And I just, you know, wish y'all nothing but the best. So y'all keep growing and, you know, expanding. And everybody who's listening, man, just keep supporting, man. Appreciate it, bro. Um, yep. yeah, and if and if anybody else is listening and you know, y'all on your grind or whatever, y'all doing it, just keep doing that, man. It gets it gets frustrating at times. I talked to we talked about this a couple of days ago. Like yeah. like just you just gotta stay motivated because you'll it'll be days you feel like quitting doing this shit. <laughs> like when I couldn't yeah. get the sound right, that shit bothered the fuck out of me. And I almost like the episode, everything things fall apart, was about to be the last episode. I think it was like episode fifteen. I was yeah. about to quit, and then I had a breakthrough, and then that's when the quality got better. But now I've been listening to some shit. Some people, like it's important to be real with your friends when you're doing yeah. stuff, especially like if like the quality doesn't sound good. Just give constructive criticism. Yeah. Now I know some people can't handle constructive criticism. They think people are attacking them. <laughs> Man, when you in when you decide to do something where you know you're catering to an audience, man, you have to be open to it. Or I don't think you could be successful, man. Right. I just I don't. And you can't get sensitive with it if somebody don't get the don't get what you're trying to do. That that's weird. That's what's weird about me. That is my dream to get. You know big enough to the point to where I can interact with the people who give negative comments because I don't you know I my feelings ain't gonna get hurt especially not on on the internet with somebody who I don't know right I, I that's my dream that's when I know when I know somebody on there it's like you but oh I hate you you black mother and, and all that man I'd be like, yeah, I didn't made something out of myself. Right. <laughs> I let my haters be my motivators. <laughs> yeah, I didn't made something. Like, that's the thing. Like, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love slash hate is apathy, not caring. Yeah. Like, if if you got haters out here, that means you doing something right. Yeah. Even if they hate you for legitimate reasons. The fact that they take time out of their day <laughs> to come hate on you yeah. means that you are living <laughs> the dream, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, man. Like our yeah, tr- man. Everybody, hey, man, if you if you are doing something or you're thinking about doing something, man, go out and just jump out and on a on a leap of faith, man, and bet on yourself. Because it is so satisfying to see something that you did, even if, you know, you don't get a response that you think you should get. Right. To see you do it, and if you see one or two people give you a positive response, man, it's so satisfying. Yeah, and it means everything to the world to you as a creator when somebody, like, when people, like, text me out of the blue about a conversation I'm having in their earpods, 
Yeah. And I, I'm like, what are you talking about? Because you don't realize that they're they're used to hearing you every week. Yeah. So it like that means something to everybody. And then that's the other part of it. You forget about that when you go through your your peaks and valleys of everyday life. You forget about that people are rooting for you. Yeah. 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 So reach out to a creator or be a creator yourself. It's it's a it's the best thing in the world. But all right, bro. I appreciate it, man. Oh man, no problem, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right. Mm. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named juice some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey battle you can follow him on soundcloud at djc battle new episodes available every thursday